Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Welcome to Salt Lake Jake's Take. I am Salt Lake Jake, and ladies and gentlemen, all of our listeners across the globe, we are in football season mode. It has started. Week one has come and go. Come and gone. I'm here with my guys, Pete and Brennan. How are you, fellas? What's up, Jake? What's up, Jake? Doing great here. Awesome, 1-0, man. baby. 1-0. Yeah. 1-0. That's all that matters. You can't go 15-0 without going 1-0. Excited to start the season. We've got a special guest with us today. Uh, we welcome to the show Blake Barfield, who is a Baylor fan. We want to get the perspective of, of the Bears and their side of things. So, Blake, tell us a little bit about yourself, how, how you became maybe a Baylor fan, or how long you've been a Baylor fan, or what Baylor football and athletics means to you, and then we'll jump into a conversation at that point. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Uh, glad to be with you. And uh, my story of being a Baylor fan, I guess, starts because I was born. Uh, so kidding aside, uh, parents, wife, aunt, uncle, all my cousins are all Bears. So uh, we have seen a lot of highs and many, many lows throughout um, those last couple decades. So my folks, uh, ba- both Baylor alums, were there for some SWC conference titles, some of the former glory days under Grant Taft. Uh, sort of fast forward to when I became a student, when I went down to Waco, uh, not a great time. Uh, that was sort of when VY and UT were doing their thing. OU is obviously a juggernaut. Uh, Mike Leach was thrown around out in Lubbock. And I think one of the themes for, um, you know, the last 10 or 15 years is Baylor, you know, hit their stride at the right time. So hired Art Bryles. Um, RG3 comes to campus, I think my senior year, um, and obviously goes on to win the Heisman 2011. That's right around the time when, when A&M and Missouri bolted uh, to the, S, uh, excuse me, the SEC. Um, but Baylor, you know, remained competitive, obviously uh, won the, the Big 12 uh, another time after that, uh, had sort of a, another down period. Uh, and then Matt Rule comes, puts the pieces back together, and then under Aranda, you know, wins it in, in 2021. So, uh, there's been at least a couple of conference realignment iterations in there. And I think a testament to Baylor, you know, fans, donors, uh, administration, coaches, you know, being able to to remain competitive, put the pieces in place, facilities, got a new stadium, a relatively new stadium uh, from when I was on campus, and really be in a position to compete and win uh, in what's now a Power Four conference. So tough result last week. Uh, glad to have Utah coming to town uh, this week. I think the conference is in a really, really good spot going forward and hopefully has you know a little more of a regional cohesion than maybe some of the other uh, power four conferences. Uh, I think Utah and, and, you know, the school down South for you guys are great ads, obviously Colorado with what Dion's got going on. Uh, and then the two Arizona schools, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see how the styles contrast. You know, there was certainly a brand of the big 12 football uh, in the recent years. And I'm not sure what that's going to look like going forward, but uh, hopefully We'll, we'll get back to a place where we're slinging around and putting up a lot of points like we did uh, the last couple of coaches. Awesome, man. We can we can feel your passion for your Bears. And you mentioned a point that I think Utah kind of um, identifies with. is you said, Baylor hit their stride right at the right time. Same thing with Utah, man. We hire Urban Meyer in 2003, um, and he just kind of exploded onto the scene. He went 22-2 and two in his two years here. Yeah. Alex Smith, we Busted the BCS with original BCS busters. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, we've been uh, been on the scene as well. You know, we've had four NY6 games in 18 years, which for a school like Utah, who was languishing in the WAC and the Mountain West for many years, it's a big deal. Right. So I, I, 
I agree. I think we kind of have a brotherhood in that sense where we kind Absolutely. of focused on growth at the right time. So we're not left behind as things go on. So, oh, yeah. Um, one one point I will disagree with, though, is is you mentioned uh, the team down south being a good ad. No, they're not. They suck. They shouldn't be involved <laughs> anywhere, anytime, in anything. And if it was up to me, they would disband the entire program down there. Yeah. Forget BYU. All right. I agree to disagree, but it'll be nice not to be. Uh, well, I guess we still got TCU, which is you know the team out west for. Uh, for, I live here in Dallas, but you know, got what three three private schools, uh, at least two ostensibly with the religious affiliations, and uh, yeah, it, it makes another uh, layer of, of rivalry uh, for the conference. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Okay, so let's dive in. So last week you had uh, an unfortunate uh, showing against Texas. Oh, I thought State. we were just going to talk about this week. You want to go are, back in are, time? We're, oh we're no, that was ugly. Table. We're setting the table for this week, so. Tell us what went wrong last week and, and what's going to change for what, what you hope to see changes this coming week versus the Utes. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, one of the worst losses in recent memory, uh, and there have been some some really tough losses uh, if you've been a Baylor fan long enough. But So we were 9-0 uh, and against Texas State going into last week. I actually played them last year. Uh, I think we won, you know, 42 to nine or something like that. And, and that's, you know, a team that, that we should beat uh, every time. Uh, what went wrong? Generally speaking, everything. Uh, offense was uh, lackluster. Energy was pretty low and really got pushed around. Um, so Texas State um, has a, a new uh, exciting young coach, G.J. Kenny, who's, who's got kind of a relationship to, to Baylor. I think he committed back when he was in high school. Uh, wind up playing somewhere else. But, you know, to me, you know, having watched the game, it looked a little bit like the jerseys were swapped, were swapped. Uh, I mean, they were spreading it out, really attacking, playing uh, with a lot of energy that, that we just didn't have. Um, and so, you know, Baylor is actually on a uh, Owen over, over last five. So we're on a bit of a, a slide here. So hopefully what that means is going into this week, you know, competitive week of practice and, and really a fresh start. Um, you know, there are been some discussion this last week about, you know, what's coaching looking like going forward. You know, I don't think that there's a hot seat right now, but you'd probably say the pilot light is on, um, mm -hmm. you know, losing your last five is, is tough. Uh, hadn't won a game since, you know, November of last year. So definitely need to turn it around. Big game this week. Utah's, um, you know, a great program. You guys easily dispatched with Florida, uh, sort of the Urban Meyer Bowl and, you know, we, we just need to play better. Um, I think the quarterback play was was pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, Shapin did get injured. He, he kind of went out, came back in, and then sounds like he's out for a couple weeks. Um, so we've got a, a transfer, Sawyer Robertson, who was at Mississippi State. Uh, had some good moments late in the game, uh, but need to have really a better run game. Uh, wasn't much going on the ground last week. Uh, I think we were only about 100 yards rushing. So hopefully, you know, spread it out and then open up those running lanes. Um, but we need to play better up front, both offensively and defensively. That was really the story of last week is just getting pushed around by, you know, Texas State team, again, that you should beat. But if you just, you know, pull up the tape, they had some some big boys there that, that looked like, you know, they were the Big 12 uh, offensive defensive line. Uh, and our guys just just didn't have enough push. OK, so let's talk about uh, you talk about Sawyer Robertson. What are some of his strengths? From what I understand, he's a mobile dual threat quarterback, but I, I don't know a ton about his game. Uh, Shapin, from what I understood, was more of a pocket guy. He, he looked, I mean, I don't know if he played like Charlie Brewer, but I looked at him. He looked just like Charlie Brewer. <laughs> he did. Same size, same yeah. helmet shape, same yep. face shape. So I don't know. Bless, rest in peace, Charlie Brewer. Um, so tell us a little about Sawyer Robertson. What, what, are, what are some of his strengths that you think uh, he can take advantage of Utah's defense on? 
Yeah, I think running is, is going to be key. Um, you know, getting him a little more mobile, getting him out in some space to make either, you know, downfield throws or just getting him out um, with maybe some RPO and, and trying to spread, you know, your defense out a bit, I think is going to be key. Um, but that's, that's, you saw some flash of that. He had a nice long run that, you know, was sort of a, uh, we had a, a chance to either close the gap or maybe even come away with a win. He had a nice break and ultimately fumbled it, but he's definitely got enough speed to, to spread, spread out the Utah defense. Okay. Um, I know mobile quarterbacks always scare me. We we've had a mixed bag with how we've played mobile quarterbacks recently. Mm -hmm. Um, Anthony Richardson last year against Florida, he torched us. We, he, he, he broke the pocket several times, had a 40 yard touchdown run and extended ton of plays. Caleb Williams, um, we beat USC both times last year, but he he had big numbers against us. Um, Bo Nix, he was injured a little bit last year for Oregon, but he played he played well. So I, I always get nervous when we go up against a mobile quarterback because they have that intangible. Like, I mean, you can get a good pass rush in, you can cage him in, and then they can break one, make one move, and they've got open field for forty yards. That always always terrifies me. Um, so how how's how is he as a passer? What what's that? What's his passing game like? Well, we hadn't seen a lot of him yet. He made some nice throws last week, but you know, I think we're we're really writing off week one and, and calling this the the start to the season here. But he he definitely has has the skills, you know, coming from Mississippi State. So he's coming from another big time program. You know, uh disclaimer here that my brother in law did go to Mississippi State. So I've I've got a little bit of rooting interest for them, but he, he can make the throws and we had you know, the passing game was was certainly better than uh than the run game last week. I think uh Shapin had about three hundred yards. So if we can get that going again. Uh, and just use that as a way, hopefully it spread you guys open, uh, spread you out, and then try to work in a better run game because it just really wasn't there last week. Uh, so I think he can make the throws, you know, receivers-wise. We we had, uh, you know, when you're leading receivers, you're tied in. Drake Dabney, uh, he's a good player, but you, you don't really want that to be your, your takeaways, your number one receiver uh, any week is your tight end. So uh, we've got a, a, a couple guys who, who really need to get going uh, in a better way than they were last week. Gotcha. Well, you know what? We can relate to that leading receiver being a tight end situation. It's been uh, been that way for a few years at Utah. Dalton Kincaid, who was a first-round pick at the Bills, he was a stud last year, but he was our leading receiver. Brant Keithy, our tight end, who's who's currently hobbled, he's, he was our main guy the year before that. So we definitely understand when you know the tight end's the leading receiver. It's not – I mean, it's good for the tight end, but you need, right. you need explosive over-the-top bros that can get downfield, right? Right. Yeah, um, it works for the Chiefs, but I don't think we have Mahomes under center this week. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, OK, so talk about the running game. You say you didn't really have much of a, a, a running game. Was it a lack of push by the offensive lineman? I know you have two former BYU Cougars starting on the line, so that's probably why they suck. Um, <laughs> but is there any reason why the, you didn't have a established much of a running game? You think what's the what's the reason? Yeah, there? Lack, lack of push just was real, real congested there on the line. Uh, so Dominic Richardson is is another transfer uh, came to us from Oklahoma State. Uh, only 79 yards last week. Uh, Richard Reitz is, is a really good, uh, you know, sophomore returning as uh, I think one of the big 12 freshmen of the year. So so we can do it. We I think we've got the right uh pieces in place but you know if there's no push if there's no space uh which was the case last week just gonna be pretty limited limited success on the ground gotcha yeah i, I definitely understand that we we kind of struggled with the run game what well, we did we struggled the run game ourselves against uh florida our, our our bell cow back had 15 total yards on five carries and yeah. it wasn't much of wasn't much of a running game there but we'll see what happens this week okay so aside from quarterback and, and the running game are there any other players for Baylor that we need to keep our eye on that you expect to have a, either a breakout game or, or kind of become the guy this year for the bears. 
No, I think it's really going to start and end with how, how's the quarterback play go. Uh, so we had you know, what was intended to be a really competitive camp, and they pretty quickly declared Shapin the starter. Uh, he had kind of a mixed bag last year, but looked good um, through a lot of the, uh, the first game. Um, and obviously he's out for at least two to three weeks. So, uh, you know, what is the, uh, you know, test going to be for, uh, what's the result going to be for Sawyer Robertson, uh, going to be high expectations. And I, I think, you know, Aranda and they're going to have the guys ready to go. I mean, they know what's on the line. As I said, they've lost five straight now, uh, came into, uh, this season with, with high expectations, you know, one, won the conference just two years ago had, had a pretty, um, kind of up and then down season last year. Um, so, you know, fans, everyone's been ready for this season to get going and, and they just came out flat. So energy has got to be better uh, and need to be playing better on, on both sides of the ball. Gotcha. OK. Uh, as far as this from the side of the Utes, we uh, we did we had our we played our last game without eight starters, uh, specifically our quarterback, Cam Rising, who is, I mean, literally mm-hmm. the, the heart and soul of our football team. As soon as he took over two years ago, we were a totally different different team so we don't know if he's going to be back if i were to guess i would say no um he was cleared earlier this week for full participation but you know he's coming off a a a major acl tear it's been eight months since he's seen any action so my gut feeling is he won't play we'll go again with kind of the two-headed quarterback monster we had previously i say monster in air quotes because the the production wasn't spec wasn't great (laughs) um so we got we got our third string quarterback because our, our second string guy got injured in in fall camp. So our third string quarterback, Bryson Barnes, who was a walk on from a tiny town in Milford, Utah. And then Nate Johnson, who's our fourth string guy, who's the change of pace guy. He's really quick. He's got elite speed, sprinter speed. He's he's a 10, 3, 100 meter guy. Um, and so we we kind of went with that smorgasbord of of uh of offense on on Saturday and it started out great. First play of the game was a 70 yard bomb over yep. the top, caught Florida great throw. Kind of napping, and it was awesome. But from that point on, the throw game really didn't do much. We relied a lot on our defense. So I'm hoping if I could if I could wave a magic wand, I'd have Mr. Cam Rising run out on the field, but I'm not planning on it. So I'm expecting I'm expecting us to run the ball a lot more and try and establish the run because we just couldn't do it against Florida uh and get our running backs involved in the game and then have enough passing plays to kind of keep the defense honest. But uh, that's that's kind of what I expect. I expect to grind it out 24-21 type of game on Saturday. Um, our defense is we, – we, we had a lot of hype going into the season, and and they, they played really well against Florida. They, they held them to 20 – or 13 yards rushing total. It was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what, what do you expect as far as the outcome? Throw out a score prediction and, and kind of how you expect the game to go on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think to pick up on what you said there, I think the matchup works out better in our favor this week versus last week, even though we should have beat Texas State, no doubt. Um, but a little more of a traditional offense from Utah, a little more kind of pro style, I think, um, helps us. Uh, Texas State was was spreading it out wide. Again, sort of looked like some of the Baylor teams of old and just too many guys in space, You know, a lot of open seam routes um, going downfield uh, and our guys getting picked on. So, you know, I think Vegas has it about, six and a half that feels right I, I think if it's a, a lower scoring game I, I probably um, would probably say let's call it I can't pick against the Bears but I'll go 28 24 okay hey I don't hey, that's I've got, I got too many too many hey, hours yeah. and dollars invested in Waco Texas to pick <laughs> yeah against I the respect Bears. that you gotta respect that tell us about the atmosphere 
Well, it's great. Uh, a dramatic change from when I was a student to now. Um, really a great ca- uh, stadium right there on the river, uh, walking distance from, from campus, uh, which is not the case when I was there. It was an older, kind of underinvested stadium, about 15-minute drive from, from campus. So really, you know, Baylor has put in the money, uh, put in the effort to, to make the uh, game day environment a, a great experience for everybody. Uh, the youth, youth fans may not know, you know, one of the big traditions at Baylor is what we call the Baylor line, which is essentially all the freshmen wear these uh, sort of throwback, you know, mesh, uh, terrible yellow jerseys, and they, they run out uh, on the field to start the game, and then the, the players run through them, get the energy going. So that's fun, you know, something obviously my folks did, and uh, and then I did as a student, and, you know, if, uh, if those 529 accounts can perform, maybe, you know, one of my three boys will get a chance to be in the Baylor line. Uh, but it, it's a great environment, um, you know, really a, a great tailgating scene uh, right there along the Brazos River. So uh, for any youths traveling down to Waco, uh, should be a good environment for you. Yeah, it, now, is, there, a, it is a cool stadium, man. Like you said, how, how long has it been around? It's been it was built eight, nine years ago. This Yeah, that's about right. Already? Yeah, it's kind of the, the, the house that RG3 built. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so for the youth fans that are making the trip down there, any food recommendations? Because I know one thing Texas is known for is its barbecue, and the barbecue scene in Utah severely lacks. And I say that coming from, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I kind of am. I used to live in Kansas City. They've got world-class barbecue in Kansas City. My wife's family is from Kansas City. I go out there three or four times a year, so I know all the all the all the joints out there. I've participated in the American Royal Cookoff that they hold at at Kemper Arena in Kansas City. So I'm I'm a bit of a barbecue aficionado myself. Barbecue in Utah is terrible. It just is. I mean, you would have yes. in Kansas City. There's probably 200 restaurants that would be the, the 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 greatest thing out here. Period. I mean, when when you talk about things like Dickie's Barbecue is the main scene out here, you know we got problems, right? So. <laughs> That being said, any any uh, restaurant recommendations for folks making the trip down to Waco yeah, this weekend? Absolutely. Well, let me say, if you're flying into Dallas or Austin and driving to Waco from either of those two, go to Terry Black's before you leave town. That's that's probably your can't miss. Um, when you're in Waco, uh, VTEX is kind of the OG barbecue scene. So they um, just a little restaurant there near campus, uh, and then I believe they have you know both outside and inside the stadium concessions. Uh, Got to get you a gut pack, which is uh, not sponsored by your your doctor or anybody looking after your cholesterol. But it's basically think of a big to go container, a bed of Fritos, chopped beef, sausage topped with cheese, peppers, onions and pickles. You shake it all up uh, and you're good to go. I'm sorry. Um, did so, you say that's in the stadium? Yeah, that should be in the stadium, too. Oh, okay. Oh, it's it's great. Um, oh, yeah, definitely man. a freshman fifteen uh, contributor if you get a couple of gut packs uh, when you're down there in Waco. <laughs> uh, out, you know, more kind of local, you know, guest barbecue and Hellberg. Those are both ranked in the state. Uh, Texas Monthly does a big issue every year about here's the best barbecue in the state. So put those on your list. And I think at least one of you is a big Dr Pepper aficionado. Uh, Dr Pepper was made originally in Waco, so get you Dr Pepper uh, while you take in the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It's a yeah, good time for I. I spent a little time in Waco. I got to give a shout out to my girl Katie's custard. It's over. Yeah, absolutely. Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out, Katie. Okay. One last question. You mentioned Terry Black's barbecue. I've heard. I've heard all about it. What? Okay. Compare it between between Terry Black's and Franklin Barbecue. What? Which one are you going with? Well, you're not going to have to wait in the line if you go to Terry Black's. So okay, it's going to be <laughs> more more efficient. Uh, Music it's to my great. ears. There, there you go. It no, it's great. Great brisket, uh, ribs. Uh, I think you probably pass on the turkey. Um, sides are 
10 out of 10 as well. Okay. What about uh, Tex-Mex? Nymphas? Yeah, Nymphas. That's, that's Did a, they lose a their long, fastball? Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't think so. Um, great spot. Not too far from campus. Okay. Get you the uh, the green hot sauce. Okay. Mm. Awesome. Well, I I, uh, I appreciate you joining us, Blake. Uh, Pete, Brennan, you have any uh, any last questions for him? Go ahead, Pete. No, we're just thanks for coming on. I mean, I, I I did have one question about just the like, is the drop off at Baylor? Is it because of the coaching change? Like like, how do you explain such a dramatic, um, fall? I don't know. Yeah. No. Look, and we're all. <laughs> kind of grappling with that too right i mean we've had um what like 12 and 2 two years ago sugar bowl champs riding highs you know some would say the best team uh in program history you know the the landscape has changed right and quickly point to transfer portal obviously colorado massively you know early early signs massively successful um experiment that they're running texas state we point at them again i think either the second or third most transfers you know baylor didn't participate a lot in that uh two years ago i think we had 13 transfers this year um so we'll see we, we've not really subscribed to that uh as much as others and then you know aranda's just got a different kind of moxie right he's he's a very cerebral coach i'm sure you've probably seen him in interviews he didn't um sort of act or sound like a, a stereotypical college football coach uh and i think that works really well when it's working well and right now you know folks are saying is you know is there the fire in the belly is there the same passion you know i don't not gonna sit here and, and sort of armchair um psychiatrists on on sort of the dna there but i know the commitment to win is there so um he's been very vocal about he's got the guys he wants he's looking for a certain type of recruit to fit in the program you know talks about character talks about fit uh, but you got to win, right? And so that that those are all great things, but it can't be mutually exclusive to winning. So you, you got to do both. Uh, and he, again, has been very uh, consistent about these are the guys he wants and he can win with. So we got to do it. Uh, got to put up some wins. It's a look ahead. It's hard to find, uh, you know, more than a, a couple of games you feel really good about. So I think all signs point to hopefully a team feeling like backs are up against a wall. Uh, facing Utah, we got it at home. It's going to be hot. Hopefully, that's a little carrot uh, in our side. You know, it should be 100 degrees by the time second half gets going. So I know you guys are probably well into fall up there in Utah, and uh, nice chill in the air. It's still hot and muggy down here in Texas. So hopefully, that'll all work in our favor, and and guys will come out with a little more passion than they had last Saturday. Awesome. Are you guys going to be? What's your record? What's you predicting your record to be this year? Well, you want to go with um, the alumni group chat I'm on. Guys are already hanging their heads and saying, <laughs> trying to circle more than about three. Um, we got Long Island, which apparently plays football uh, wow. the week after we face you guys. Um, I don't know. It feels like it's a, a five win, probably over and under at this point, having dropped um, to Texas State last week. But we got Texas coming later this month for the last time we're going to see them in the foreseeable future. So there's a lot of, you know, really compelling games with this games is the last year of this iteration of the big 12 and, and want to go out on a high note. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you appreciate it, Blake. You've, you've been awesome. You've uh, offered a lot of insight. I'm i uh, I'm excited to join the big 12. Like I mentioned earlier, it's got a bunch of fan bases that care in the pac 12. You had three, basically Utah, Oregon, and Washington, everyone else 
wasn't showing up. So joining a league where they care about football, they're passionate about football, I think is going to be a good thing. I think Baylor, Utah, along with Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and maybe Oklahoma State, those will probably be the five biggest brands in the league. Definitely not BYU. They'll be the 14th or whatever, however many teams <laughs> in the league. They're the worst. If they can go 0-12 every year, it'd be great. Um, you left but, off TCU, which I'm really pleased by. So yeah, TCU. That, that's great. <laughs> okay. That was by accident because I actually feel like they're in there as well. So anyway, appreciate you guys joining us. Should be another awesome week of college football. It's back, baby. I tell you what, once you get in the rut of every Saturday, you got games going. Man, the week, you can look forward to stuff. You can be pumped and ready to go. I love this time of year. I love football. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I am Salt Lake Jake, and I am out. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake.